This is your video cast for Wednesday, March 17th. Woo! It has been a day, to say the least. The guys in the studio know exactly what I'm talking about. We have had a day, but we are rallying, and we are here for the video cast on St. Patty's Day, Wednesday, March 17th. I got a nice week off last week as my guy, Suave, along with Jason Fager, hosted the show. And Derek, you did great. <laughs> you, did, you did great last week, but... I. I do have a couple things to point out about your hosting performance last week, if you don't mind. Do you mind if I if I point a few things you out? You know what? It's whatever. I've already heard about it for a couple <laughs> days now, so I'm First ready First of to... all, D-Mac, throw up the posture. Look, Okay, look at Derek's face. It's, he's shrunken down. He's a pretty good athlete. What is this little kind of curled, shrunken I mean, down situation he's look, working with here? It's a laid-back one last week. Me and Fager. Fager was actually lounging up, yeah, he, lounging around and putting his feet up, so I figured, you know what? I'm just going to join the mood with him so, and stuff so like look that. At, Cut right to me now. Look at Suave's head height, and now look at my head height. When we go back a week later, we were like 85 feet taller than me. Apparently, I I slouchy. I don't know. I know. And then I didn't notice this one, but uh, Dmac played this one too. A viewer wrote in and let us know. Look at this collar tucked under on the right side. I was doing the opposite of popping your collar, but the the left side's looking fresh. The right side is tucked in a little bit. What what happened there? Is Dmac supposed to help you with that? First off. People have called you Portnoy. I'm Big Cat. You're just lucky, lucky to have me in the studio ready to go. And sometimes my uh, wardrobe and stuff just malfunctions a little bit. But other than that, it was a great show. Those are just two little things show. you can fix. So. It was a good show. And I just, you know, what kind of operation would we have here if I was not allowed to to tease Derek Kessinger? Now, kudos to Todd for drawing the big yellow arrow, by the way, at, at it. Uh, I am Michael Rigsby back in the DOD and Flow Racing Studios. And we are fresh off a weekend with a ton of racing we had highlights from six different places on saturday night everything from the rough and tumble uh afternoon evening show at florence which was done in the daylight by the way dmac was there for that to the rusty schlank appearance in the panhandle of florida where he got a win uh for not really having a headline race this past weekend derek there was a lot going on give me one or two takeaways from this past weekend where there was lots of races littered across the country uh, i got my first takeaway is i'll go with trevor feathers picking up the big three thousand dollars win at Port Royal. 38 cars showed up for that race, local race. They've upped the ante there for the weekly shows. So 38 cars is a lot for just a regular week. You had Eckert there. There's a lot of great cars in that PA. That area is great for super late model racing. And I don't know. I was looking at the thing around this year, around this time last year, I predicted Brandon Overton was going to be driver of the year. And he was so so, so close. <laughs> this year, he's off to a decent start. Six wins. He's kind of winning these local races around home for uh, $20,000. He only won twenty-five grand. I am calling him the Gonzaga basketball. We're going to use some March Madness theme. <laughs> he has built himself into a powerhouse program. He's on the cusp of winning that big prize, the national championship. And like in 2021, Gonzaga will cut down the nets. I think Brandon Overton will win driver of the year. They've been close. They were close close last year. That's my one big takeaway from this past weekend. My first note is about Brandon Overton as well. He won, excuse me, 20 grand at Cochran on, was it Friday night, right? Yeah. 20 grand at Cochran. That's the diet Mountain Dew, by the way, is tripping me up. It's making me very belchy today over here. I apologize in advance. Uh, Derek, do you remember when 20 grand was like a big deal? It It, was a really big deal. With all these high paying races now, I feel like Brandon Overton winning 20 grand was just kind of swept under the rug and nobody really cared about it. And not only did he win 20,000, that was his 10th consecutive special event victory in his home state of Georgia. Has Kevin Weaver ever won 10 consecutive special events in the state of Illinois? I think Shana Bad would be the only one that's been close. He's won nine or ten summer nationals races in a row, but I don't think they were all in Illinois. That is a pretty insane stat to say the least with Georgia drivers. They have Jonathan Davenport. They got um, Shane Clay, and they got a lot of great Older drivers have been racing there for a long time, and b- big sexy. I'm telling you, that team he's got, just, it, it just seems like a perfect mix. Well, not only that, Rusty Schlenk, I mentioned too, he drives the, I had the exact mileage, 862 miles in my notes here uh, from his home in McClure all the way to Milton, Florida, to Southern for the Southern All-Stars race. 862 miles, Derek. 
it pays off with a victory. I just love this. We race year round now, but I love the spirit of this anywhere, anytime, any place. These guys we have, they will go anywhere at any time, especially this time of year. Well, we've seen Rusty Schlink do this for years. We'll see him drive out of Ohio and Michigan, drive past Farmer City and Fairbury, and he'll go race at Bell Clear just for shits and gigs. This guy is always, shits and gigs. yeah, this guy's been always doing it for the last few years. And one thing to keep an eye on last year, he didn't race as much as we usually see him because he was making his race cars left and right with his new chassis brand and business. Let's see if he gets out more in 21. But, I mean, he went all the way down to Milton, Florida and beat those. What, the, what are those guys? They had their special podcasts and uh, YouTube <laughs> the hunt stuff. The front, guys. the front guys get beat at <laughs> their home track. One of them works here for us. Yeah, so the Joiner brothers got that. Um, they, got a little, they got put back in their place a little bit with Rusty Schlenk. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention, too. It was announced uh, the Wood Tick Memorial paying $33,000 to win. I can't go on and on about all these high-paying races all over the country. $33,000 to win, Derek. In August, the same weekend as Cedar Lake, shouldn't affect it. Maybe a few Illinois guys, but 33000 a win for the Wood Tick. I know. You're Jason Fager. You're at home looking at schedules, and all of a sudden the breaking news comes out at Dirt on Dirt. He won the Summer Nationals race at Merritt last year. So him, who loves Cedar Lake, he's probably scratching his head and like, where am I going to go this yeah. first weekend in August? But, yeah, kudos to those guys up north. That tracking facility is one of the most underrated facilities you th see throughout the entire country. Those Michigan guys battling for the biggest paying money race, Kovac said yesterday, in the history of Michigan. Sizable weekend coming up Friday and Saturday after kind of a, a weekend where there wasn't a lot of stuff. Of course, you have the race at Bristol this weekend that's paying $50,000 to win. And the Lucas Oil Series returns to Atomic in Brownstown. Let's take a look at the full screen for this weekend's stuff, DMAC. Uh, Lucas Oil, of course, back. We're going to talk with James Essex and Mike Marler about the Lucas Oil weekend here. We're going to preview that heavy. Also, Comp Cams. Man, that Comp Cam series, Derek, super fun. Uh, 5000 to win Friday night at Old Number 1, and then we are live Saturday night on Flow Racing from the awesome McGarry Memorial, honoring that fallen police officer at Tracy Clay's I-30 Speedway. So a little bit more on the line this weekend as Lucas uh, gets back into action. We'll talk with Mike Marler later in the show to preview the Lucas Oil weekend. Derek, I mentioned the Comp Cam series coming up, but this past Saturday night, they clearly provided to me what was the viral moment of the weekend. Billy Moyer and Timothy Culp. And, and those of us that have been following late model racing, those of us that have been following late model racing long enough know that there is no love loss between Billy Moyer and Timothy Culp, right? T Timothy Culp, and you had Timothy Culp on your podcast this week. I want to show the clip that went viral first. This is Moyer and Culp. This is Saturday night, right? Yep. Yes. Saturday night feature at Boot Hill. Play this clip. Top five starting to stretch themselves out a little bit from the rest of the field. As Krigler spins it on the front stretch, Cole closes the door. Moyer spins it. <laughs> we got a wreck in a turn one. Uh, yeah, Cope wasn't happy. Okay, so right, so Cope wasn't happy. I haven't listened to the podcast yet. D-Make, you can play that again. Bring the audio down in it a little bit this time. Play it again while Derek and I are talking about it. Um, what did Cope say about this? Uh, well, you can, first off, go check it out on the podcast if you haven't yet. A little plug there. But uh, let's just say the least, he wasn't very happy. They've had their run-ins in the past. Basically, he was saying how he gets, like, people give him so much respect, Billy Moyer. that he Which he's eight, earned. Yes, he's, he's earned. He has 800 wins, but he's untouchable. And he, Culp, typically, he said it straight out. He thought it was uncalled for. You have guys on Timothy Culp's um, Facebook page saying, you know what, Timothy, you were going back and forth. Right? Switching your lines but all in all it's another racing deal and this is something me and you talked about over the weekend where people are just constantly running into it into each other and me Culp and Turbo even talked about it just how racing is getting to this point where people are just running into each other don't care about other people's feelings let me see one more time DMAC because I want to show this because our own Turn Reiners comes in here and says he he was Turn was switching the show that night from from home the home studio and he said this is 100% Moyer's fault but I've talked to a few other racing people that say Culp is on the bottom he's on the bottom he's on the bottom he's kind of coming up to the top and Moyer has nowhere to go I agree, a little bit of a racing deal, but I, I don't know. This just got a lot of traction, and it picked up even more traction when Timothy Colt put this graphic on Facebook, I think on Sunday or the day after. Uh, he put the <laughs> it's on Facebook. I'll give him credit for creativity, right? Uh, did Colt address adding this graphic in the podcast? Yes, uh, it definitely broke the internet, had a lot of shares. It was a pretty funny and comical thing to see on Sunday, and 
Of course, you got the keyboard warriors all throughout the entire United States that love dirt track racing and dirt late model racing. They all have their own opinions on what happened. What's your honest opinion? Whose fault is it? I would say I think it's Moyer's fault. I think he needs to go up and throw a slider there. What's your opinion? You can't blame the goat. It's the goat. This is where Culp's going to go. Rigsby's defending. Yeah, he's Moyer. definitely going to have a post about you in 20 minutes. So we'll <laughs> be ready for that. All I'm saying is this: I think it's one of those racing. I think Moyer could have let off a little and tried to go under him. I think Culp could have hugged the bottom a little bit more. Both of them kind of, and that's not a political answer. As as always, the truth is somewhere in the middle. So uh, I just wanted to show that and show that monster truck graphic. So uh, Lucas Oil does get back to, uh, to action this weekend and I've always make the case that this is one of the biggest weekends of the year for Lucas Oil. In fact it's their really kind of their reopening after speed weeks. Uh, Atomic and Brownstown always get so much attention because other than the off season this is the biggest time off Oh, I think I lost James Essex, by the way. Did you hear that real quick? I heard something. I think I lost James Essex. Let's call James back real quick. This is this is the way today has gone. This is this is I bet James I bet I bet he was unmute <laughs> it's just the best this is great vintage uh what i was gonna say was this and we're gonna get james back on the phone here in one second uh this is the weekend Derek. other than their off season this is the longest time between races that lucas has the entire season so brownstown and atomic get a ton of attention right uh rightfully so and anytime we talk about Brownstown, James Essex, the voice of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, I just want to have him on to romance about Brownstown. He's been to Atomic a million times in his career as well. <laughs> we didn't wear green. Uh, I think that's it. Guess we'll have to drink green beer, McCarty. Uh, and now he's not going to answer? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Let's just harass James all the <laughs> <laughs> there, he's there he is. We here. So you hanging up on us was the perfect <laughs> response to that. Um, you know, I just wanted to have you on to feel, I want to feel good about this Lucas Oil weekend. Let's cleanse the palate, if you will, a little bit. So James, I I'm just going to turn you loose. Let's just say a guy on the street walked up to James Essex and he goes, hey, James, why is Brownstown so great? What would your honest from the heart response be? Well, first off, I thought we were going to talk about four wide salutes and provisionals today, but anyway. <laughs> Not today. Not today. Let me let me add something to that before I get started on that. You, I know you had this show on that a few weeks ago, and that's all been talked about and all that. One of the things that I miss is out-of-car driver's introductions, especially at the big races. I mean, you know, if you're on a time frame or weather, I understand that. But that's one thing I love to do. I know the fans love it. And the drivers, I think they really like it. That's just something I like to see come back more often. But anyway, that's that. <laughs> so now answer my Brownstown <laughs> question, and I agree with you. Uh, answer my Brownstown question. Somebody just said, yeah. James, I don't know a lot about this Brownstown place. You tell me why is it so great as we look at this awesome old photo of Don O'Neill with a, 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 a Lloyd Christmas haircut from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> why, is, why is Brownstown so awesome, James? Because it just is. Well, it's had a lot of Hall of Fame drivers, obviously, that have passed through there. And, uh, you know, I always say back in the, you know, back in the day, the 80s and 90s, I mean, that, that, that'll never happen again. Uh, when you averaged 40 cars a night, you had about 15, 18 drivers that could win a race. And, you know, it was basically the home track of C.J. Rayburn and Masters Build and all that. And it was fantastic. I mean, I think they were the third track. Uh, in racing late model history to go over 100 cars after uh, Eldora, of course, and Pinsborough. And they did it twice, as a matter of fact, when I was there. But um, it's just a special track. I mean, it doesn't have any walls or guardrails around it. Uh, I think Jim Price has done a really good job, uh, especially the last couple of years. There was a time there where he probably had a little too steep banking, and it was kind of tough, and uh, there were some rollovers and such. But he's... he's uh, Tap that down some, and, uh, you know, the Jackson 100 last year, uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's an event we helped get started in 1980, and, I mean, uh, we had 60 cars, which was a top-five car count of all of last year, and it's just a fun track, and, you know, that's, that's my home track, always will be my home track, and uh, uh, it's, the, the racing we've seen over the years there, uh, Tommy Helfrich uh, told me once, he said, some of the best big races ever have been at Brownstown. And, you know, and, and you've been there enough, you and Derek, and, and you know what I'm talking about. But 
I think it's on the rebound as far as uh, national recognition and uh I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right, James, I got a quick question with you. Do you remember March 29th, 1997, the Hoosier Dirt Classic? What happened that day? <laughs> um, first, uh, <laughs> some young guy named Shannon Babb, right? No, here's here's the thing. According right? to Todd Turner, that Gary DeWitt Jr. signed into the England car as a racer number X, but it was actually ended up being John Gill racing because he, he underwent oh, yeah, yeah, okay. surgery yeah. and stuff like that. What do you yeah. recall from that day? It's one of the unsolved mysteries. So we want you, the Brownstown historian, yeah. to exactly what happened that day. Well, John Gill had ran up the uh, last ARCA race in Atlanta the year before that and uh, got involved in an accident and badly broke his uh, left arm. And so he had a couple of surgeries on that. And he had called me about two weeks before this race in uh, March of 97 to Brownstown and said he was going to run. But he technically didn't have clearance from his doctor. So it was like, okay, when he came to sign in and, re and uh, draw, he signed in under Gary DeWitt Jr., who, along with his dad, Gary DeWitt Sr., they were, they were crew chiefs on the car, and they worked on the car for Terry Eaglin. And uh, so John comes out and runs that night and all night long, and he said, do me a favor, James, just call me Gary DeWitt Jr. So, so what he did is he had, a, he had his uniform, and he had a piece of duct tape over his name, and he had Gary DeWitt Jr. on it. So it's like, you know, what if this guy wins this race? gets out of his car and it's like it's like john gill you know so um he goes on i think he finished i don't know sixth in the feature and in the race right up it was gary dewitt jr and blah 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 and it was like man you know i did this guy a huge favor and it's like i didn't want to get this guy in trouble and i didn't want to get in trouble either because i didn't know but uh since he didn't have clearance to drive but uh yeah that was a night that was uh that was rather interesting, but uh, yeah, I remember that just like it was yesterday, yeah. James, I don't want to leave Atomic out this weekend also, Brad McCown. Their event have been moved this weekend from Friday to Sunday. Atomic mm -hmm. in its own right, you know, you're the Brownstown guy, but it's got its own pretty rich history, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, went there a long time ago. I mean, you know, that Dirt Track World Championship I got to announce that Don O'Neill won and was there a few times before that, but I mean, Brad, and uh, they're putting a lot of money into that place. They're really making it nice. And, uh, you know, uh, they've got a good fast racetrack, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the weather on Friday is over that way. It's going to be very sketchy, so it's a great move. It's going to be about probably 15 to 18 degrees warmer on Sunday, and we're going to start earlier at 5 with uh, hot laps at Atomic, but, I mean, Brad's doing a great job. He's got a lot of big races, like Brownstown does. I mean, uh, these guys around here, Brownstown and Florence and Atomic, I mean, they're really stepping it up and paying really good money this year for a lot of races. James, I want an honest answer to this question. Obviously, it's no secret this week in Bristol, um, you know, the, their 50,000 to win race is scheduled on top of the Lucas races, the traditional weekend for Atomic and Brownstown. We're adults. I think we can be honest about this. When you found out they scheduled on top of these uh, races, what was the James Essex reaction? Well, I look at it to where, um, you know, obviously we've had our races scheduled since October and I think there are still fans that are confused out there. When we switched the date in April and May at 411 in Talladega to May, that they were thinking, you know, that we had switched the March date, which we uh, have never had any intention of doing. The promoters want to, want, to, want to run the race. We've got plenty of great drivers that want to run. And, um, you know, yeah, obviously you're disappointed, but, that's the way of the world now in 2021. I mean, you got races on top of each other the rest of the year, it seems like, in some aspects that's going on. And um, it's just one of those things. And, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, whenever I talk to a driver, I don't talk about Bristol. I mean, that's, you know, I know some of our guys will be going there in April. They've been invited. But uh, we're going to have a great car count this weekend. And, uh, I mean, this icebreaker, I mean, two years ago, we had, we had 30 cars. So, yeah. I mean, I look for 35 to 40, um, uh, and they're going to be really, you know, top-notch drivers. So, 
um, you know, that that's the way it is. James, I, I could talk to you about Brownstown history all day. Derek, can we just do this all day with James? Just I told you it. he'd be a good guest. <laughs> <laughs> James, I appreciate it, bud. I just wanted to, to wax poetic and, and reminisce about some great Brownstown and Atomic memories. This weekend, of course, 12,000 win. No, excuse me, 15,000 win first at Brownstown yes, on Saturday, 12,000 win Sunday at Atomic this weekend. James, I want you to bring back the short shorts. Can you do it for me at some point, please? Well, those those Richard Simmons look, that Richard Simmons look was, uh, man, that was probably from the early 90s. And then I went through a time that I looked like Colonel Sanders. I was in all white. <laughs> if you recall some of those photos, maybe Todd can dig up with white pants and a white top. But uh, those were the good old days. And, uh, you know, we're going to have fun Saturday night, and we invite everybody out. And it's going to be a great show, and then again, going to Atomic on Sunday, so the weather looks great for Saturday and Sunday, so we're looking forward to it, guys. James, thanks for being patient with us today. We appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Good luck, okay? Thank you very much. We will talk more about the weekend coming up with Mike Marler on the other side of the break. And Mikey, how about this? Racing a cup car, boys. A cup car. Uh, Kyle Larson's getting scared. We're going to go into his <laughs> world now. So, Oh, no. More anti-Kyle Larson sentiment from Derek Kessinger. I thought you were boys now. We <laughs> are boys, but he's coming for you. All right, guys. We'll be back on the other side of the break. than just win you got to get them out of their seats you got to give them the slide job cushion pounding no holds barred racing they paid to see this is dirt track that means pushing it to the edge and laying it all on the line yeah you might wreck we'll help you get back out there so they can watch you try it again and again see dirt track is a sport of the people and only they decide if you're to be remembered. It's your job to take risks and make sure you're memorable. Pit Stop USA. Live like legends. DJ Dmac just spinning quite successfully this week, Derek. Yeah. Back in the Flow Racing and DOD Studios, Bomb Chevy Buick is Central Illinois' number one dealer and has been family-owned and operated, and I mean that, by the family. Since 1928, almost 100 years, they are some of the best people you'll ever run across. And get this, you buy a vehicle there, you receive a lifetime subscription to DOD and Flow Racing. Derek, nine people have now cashed that in. Are, will you be the 10th? I I don't know. I work for the company, so I don't have to really worry about my lifetime subscription. But if you decided to take it away, which technically you have no control over that now. but Bomb uh, Chevy Buick. Yeah. I'm cutting him off. I'm cutting him off. B-A-U-M, bombchevybuick.com. Check him out Great today. Uh, I wanted to touch on it. We, we said, you know, Bristol's having their race this weekend. The Outlaws are there in a couple weeks. The Outlaws sprint cars, I think, the week after that are there. This was the Bristol feature finished, Eric, from 21 years ago. Uh, I, I I debated whether to put all these guys on one screen, but I, I think I'm, I'm it's, it was a little much, but here they are on one screen. Uh, Derek, you, you know, Dale McDowell wins the race, of course. You see Dwayne Hummel. Oh, man, in 30th. Derek, there's 30 guys on this screen, everybody from McDowell to Sexton to Chubb to Duvall, Jimmy Mars, Mike Balzano. God, what a roster. Ray Cook, our buddy. Um, what did you point out about these 30 names on this list from Bristol Have a Tampa Race 21 years So ago? I counted Terry English and Ray Cook because they race a few times a year. 
13 of the 30 still race competitively wow. and get out there for over this is like saying at least over 10 nights a year so. sure you know leave this up for a second you met clayton kristen berry how about that so is this the one that you got everyone's autograph this is on the one the all these banner? guys signed my banner in the shop you know kovac pointed out the same thing that like well sports in the country where you know there's except thomas brady i think <laughs> are, are still playing uh derek this is an all-star lineup from 20 20- yeah i'm looking at i see kids are racing now is that right so i think i counted that that was really quick but if you look at it so you got mars moran um let's see here terry english billy moyer so there's four Four at least yeah yeah so four wow that is pretty incredible when you think about it i'm pretty sure like Devin was barely born. Sammy Mars was not born. <laughs> so a lot of these guys are coming. That was a long time ago, but you do remember that. And it had like the nostalgia and the mysteri- mysterious, like, oh, what's going on in Bristol? You have yeah, to look yeah. at for him and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, two, 2000 finish at Bristol, all 30 guys. Uh, by the time Friday rolls off, though, or, I was going to say Friday. I have to, to correct my notes now. It's Sunday, uh, Saturday because the first race for Lucas Oil this weekend is Saturday. It'll have been 40. I had 45 days. It will have been 46 days since the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series last competed this year at Bubba Raceway Park on February 2nd, Derek. February 2nd, they were done uh, in Florida. That feels like a lifetime ago. That night, Shane Clanton won. Lucas is back in action this weekend at Atomic and Brownstown. Mikey Marler enters the weekend eighth in points right now. And he enters this show right now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. First question I have, Mikey, is not about this weekend at Atomic and Brownstown. We're going to talk about this. The news broke this week. You are entering a cup race. A cup race. Obviously, it's a unique set of circumstances. It's Bristol on dirt. But Mike Marler is competing in a cup race next weekend. Oh, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, got it all confirmed uh, the last couple weeks. And... uh Man, I'm really excited to do it, and, you know, it's a a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I hope it's more than that, but it could be that, you know, so i gotta got to take it serious and and also try to, you know, just enjoy the uh, opportunity to get to do it also. This is the same team that you ran the truck race for at Eldora, is that correct? Um, It's the same truck. It's under a different team. Okay. Uh, I drove the truck under Josh Ryu's team, but it's the same truck. Um, Um... some friends of mine, Tom and Rocky Smith, have some business interests in both teams. And uh, so anyway, so it's the same truck, different team. I got to ask you, you know, we talked a lot about super late models, and there's tons of debate about what they're going to do on the dirt at Bristol. How do you think a 3,300-pound cup car is going to react to the dirt at Bristol? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, when I was young, that's basically what I started racing was uh, I ran in the Roadhog division. so. Uh, our cars had stock, all stock suspension and, you know, narrow tires and not, not as much power, but, but not near as much handling either. And, uh, so that'll, that'll stuff's, uh, really hard to drive people, people, it goes slower, but it, uh, it's really hard to get control of once it starts sliding. <laughs> and, uh, so, so it'll be, it'll be, I think probably, honestly, I see it being the best race of the whole deal myself. Yeah. You think the cup race will it's be gonna the best the, race? It's going to have the most. Yeah, it's going to have the most power and the least amount of handling ability. Okay. And that usually results well, in pretty think, decent racing, right? That usually raise, results in pretty <laughs> good racing. So I hope it works out that way. But it's, it's hard to say. I mean, they're definitely racing pretty good. I've seen some videos from the modifieds that, um, you know, they're all racing pretty good anyway. So, uh, but it'll be uh, it'll be a handful, you know, on them, on a dirt track on one of those cars. You take a look at Lucas Oil points, and I want to shift back to to your primary uh, profession of Lucas Oil of, of super late model racing. On one hand, you're eighth going into this weekend. However, eighth in points, Brandon Overton, uh, the Lucas Oil points leader, is apparently going to Bristol this weekend. Devin Moran, who's third in points, has put out a schedule saying he's not running the entire tour. Shepard is fifth in points. He's obviously outlaw racing. So in essence, you're fourth or fifth fifth third fourth or fifth in points mikey it's a simple question can you win this title this year um and i want you to answer that honestly can you guys win this championship this year uh yeah we can win it um there's no doubt if if uh, everything goes the way i want it to we can win um um it's just um um it's it's a lot of races a lot of things got to go right but i have the right stuff and i have the right people and the right equipment and and uh, the right team that can we 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 actually what's kind of odd is we've we 
done the World of Outlaw deal and won that, but we've actually won a lot more Lucas races right. than we have World of Outlaw. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So Lucas seems, yeah, Lucas seems to, oh, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. It seems like I have better results in the races there. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we can do it. Uh, you know, there's, I got uh, some things in my life here that it's, uh, you know, we just sold our house and we're going to be building a house and this and that. So there's some things there that I, I need to get cleaned up and get my, get my mind right for it but but uh yeah i think we can your your brownstown and atomic i know you've raced there both multiple times but give it to me your level of expertise do you like both tracks you've got those two places coming up this weekend just generally when i say mikey you're headed to brownstown and atomic what is your reaction going to both those places uh you know brownstown i've always actually ran pretty good there uh won some races there and and i like going there i enjoy the racetrack i think it's a really good track and uh atomic um you know i've actually always had pretty good results i've never won but honestly i haven't raced there much it's uh you know i used to love going there it thing was way fun to race on back in the day and now it's just kind of honestly it's hard on equipment i don't go there unless i have to but it's uh but it's um uh it'll be you know i hope it i usually race pretty good there and uh it scares me a little bit because you know just craziness happens there a lot i mean you know there's a lot of stuff gets tore up at that track and that don't at other tracks. So hopefully having a track that's not going to tear stuff up, you know. Hey, Mikey, it's D-Suave here. I remember at Speed Weeks at Golden Isles, the very first night, we had a good one-on-one -on -one interview interview with you for the Speed Weeks Minute, and you talked about, you know, how this racing thing uh, isn't as fun as much anymore for you. And you kind of took yourself back there a little bit for that first half of the season. What exactly changed for you where now all of a sudden you're like, you know what, we're going to go win this Lucas Oil title? Well, we, we go to so many Lucas races anyway, um, that, uh, it, the race stuff, it, it's fun. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot more work than it used to be. Uh, so that's, that takes a little fun out of it, but the competition's better than I think it's ever been. And that's, that side of it. I enjoy, you know, a lot. And, uh, you know, like, like even Brandon Overton, not running the series, you know, I like some people probably are glad to see that, but I'm not like, I really want the, I want the best competition you can have, you know? So I, I enjoy the competition side of it um, a lot, uh, but the work's a lot of it. But, uh, but you know, a lot of the decision around Lucas is is I probably go to, I don't, I don't know how to put a number on it, but I probably go to 70% of the races anyway. And so I don't get the benefits of, you know, the show-up money and provisionals and all that stuff. So so it was, it was a decision there that if we're going to do this, you know, like last year, Ronnie and I through the COVID deal when the purses was lower, we didn't race at all. And when we started back, we pretty much ate it wide open. But we just figured this year the the kind of back to normal now, and the purses are all good, and there's going to be a lot of big races, and and then uh, you know a lot of good races on the in between race in between traveling. So it was just it just felt right to do it, and we feel like that uh, business wise for our team, it's the smart thing to do right now. Mikey, are you surprised at all that Brandon's dropping off tour that, you know, Devin and I know Ty Torig have, you know, financially for them, it's a little tougher, obviously, without the sponsorship. But, you know, with Lucas, like you said, you're going to be at 70% of the races anyway. Um, you get all the provisionals with Lucas. You get all the perks with Lucas. I mean, by and large, I think they're considered the best tour in the country, and they run a really great program, you know. Are you surprised that that guys are, are deciding not to do it this year, like Brandon Overton, and leading the points, heading at coming out of speed weeks well i'm i'm fortunate enough in my team that you know we're you know uh and talking back and forth with lucas with lucas about doing it i was on the fence there a little bit and and i basically said to him not that i don't want to do it it's, i don't want to do it and quit doing it so <laughs> i'm not saying that won't happen but but i've tried to financially position ourselves to where you know we can you know whether we're running good or bad we can try to finish the thing I just I just hate starting something and not finishing. Tyler, that worked for World of Outlaw before I actually run World of Outlaw, said to me once, he says, you know, everybody starts this series and quits. You never start it, but you finish it. And <laughs> yeah. and, and I and I just thought, man, that is kind of that is kind of the truth. And uh, for one, so I think we're better. We try to position ourselves, and we got some some sponsorship. Uh, Mark Dodson at Tri Rivers and Enterprise, he really step up a lot to, a lot to help make that you know ensure that i would get to finish it and so we got some good support behind us for one Derek jones all those guys so so some of that's part of the answer but as far as like Devin goes 
I don't see Devin not finishing. I, I think somehow Devin pulls it off. Devin's a good kid. Everybody likes him. He's a real good racer. He's definitely, I mean, he's gotten to be one of the best guys at it, so he should be doing it, you know. And uh, so I think Devin, I think Devin manages somehow to, to I think Devin's a likable guy, you know, and th- honestly, him and Wiley and his team, they, they deserve uh, to get to do it. So I think somebody stepped in and helped them. And as far as Brandon goes, you know, Brandon, I think part of his magic is that he kind of stays close, tunes on his car, gets his momentum going, and, and keeps the cash flow rolling. And I think that's how he he just kind of flows good like that. And honestly, I do too. Uh, I just I'm just thinking about the championship more than that than that. But I think for me to have actually to win more races and have my best results of a, of a season. I probably would need to do it more like Brandon does it, but I just, I guess I like punishment because I, I seek out the hardest <laughs> thing you could possibly do and do it every week. So, you know, I'm going to a cup race and never drove one, or I drove a sprint car the other day and never in a feature and never said it one. You know, I just, I enjoy just jumping in something like that. So everybody's got their thing, but I think Devin finishes it. And I think Brandon, I don't really blame Brandon for that. I think Brandon would do great if he did it. Uh, but I think, that ain't how he gets his best results, and he he knows that, and I think maybe we all see that too. Real quick, because Derek's got a, a question I want to get to. You mentioned jumping in a sprint car. I, I heard about this via Ben Shelton. Was this this past weekend? Uh, explain it. You got in a sprint car this past weekend. You finished 17th in the feature. You never run one before. What happened there? I was um, – so some buddies that I'd met, they were actually Dean Carpenter's buddies, and they were in Florida helping Dean. He's parked next to me all week at East Bend. I've known Dean forever. I was, uh, they were just hanging around with us all week and, and Marty Meredith is his name. He, he was telling me he had a sprint car and he said, man, you ought to drive that sometime. And I'm like, dude, I've always wanted to drive one. I said, maybe we'll get together and, and do something someday or go practice it or test it or something. So last weekend we, we wasn't racing. So we, uh, Stacy and I just got in a vehicle and he told me to bring my helmet because after the races, uh, you know, I might get out there and hot lap it after the race. So. We went, hung around the pits with sprint car racing and seeing how they do everything and and um, just getting acclimated a little bit to it. And his son, uh, Spencer, was driving. They just had a bad night. He had a problem in the heat race and, and, and was going to have to start basically dead last in the feature. So he was having he was a little discouraged, and he, he said, all I'm going to do is start and park anyway. Why don't you get in this thing and drive it in the feature? And I'm like, dude, I can't. I can't get in this thing and go straight onto the racetrack. <laughs> and it, it, with little convincing, I did it. And it was pretty surreal because I literally sat in the car, fitted my belt, and they showed me how to mess with the wing and how to start it and stop it and uh, turn the fuel on and jump it off. And, you know, because they, they roll you off. Yeah. And I uh, do all that. So we rolled, they rolled me out there and uh we went we rolled around there about two laps into the four wide come out of the four light four wide they said we're going taking uh green next time by so i was really concerned and thought it was reality was really setting in at that point but uh <laughs> but I, it worked out I, I i didn't tear his car up and i started at the rear and i started like 23rd and finished 12th i think so it wasn't bad but uh but i wasn't very competitive i was just about halfway through the race i kind of learned how to get up to speed with it a little better you, will you ever do it again or no yeah, yeah, I'll do it again. There you uh, go. You know, just uh, it's um, it's just it's really hard for for you know we're all so competitive and we don't want to. It's just hard to jump in something and you know even like with Kyle Larson getting in Kevin's car and driving it, they went and did a lot of testing and got acclimated to everything and data tested and everything in the world before I ever went to the first race. You know, so uh, so just jumping in there and I mean you know. I'll, basically come out of the grandstands and got in the seat for the feature you know <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it was it wasn't it wasn't very smart but it worked out all right and there was some pretty good heat there i mean it wasn't a big big race but there was guys from ohio and pennsylvania and all over you know it was a like a i don't know like a regional type race when they had some pretty good cars because they had run the world of outlaw show the night fourth at the mag so some of those guys they had participated in that regional guys were come over to north alabama the next night for that race 
Well, we've got Brownstown and Atomic this weekend where you will be back in a super late model, more of your comfort zone. 15,000 to win Saturday at Brownstown, 12,000 to win Sunday. A reminder, Sunday again at Atomic. Mikey, good luck this weekend, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on on short notice. Well, we were supposed to have Ricky Thornton Jr. on, but Ricky was caught in the infield at Bristol and couldn't get back to us. So, uh, as always, you are a fantastic interview. So, good luck this weekend, bud. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. See yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're going to take our final commercial break, and we will be back. We got the, Derek, once again, live Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Can He's we ready. He's been waiting for a couple hours now. He's probably getting nervous. By the way, you were going to mention to Mikey the question you didn't get to. I mean, to. I want to know. He's lost a few LBs there. I want right? to know what he, him and Stacy have been doing. So, Stacy, you can Facebook message me. Give your guys his <laughs> regimen because whatever you've done to Mikey has been awesome. He looks great. He looks better and better every time I see him. So Final, that's... final commercial break. I know. I need to get on that diet plan too we will be back with kevin kovac for the notes section to wrap up the show are you looking for the best race shirts on the planet impact race gear has you covered with first class artwork and state-of-the-art screen printing equipment we service the entire racing industry from dirt late models sprint cars modifieds to asphalt and drag racing for shirts your fans and sponsors will love and deserve be sure to call on impact race gear for your next project. Visit our website at impactracegear.com or call 1-877-743-8337. We make it easy to get the best race shirts on the planet. Before Brownstown and Atomic this weekend, let's take a look at some historical results from both tracks uh, for Lucas Oil. They've been running, I, I thought they'd been running both tracks a long time and I had more data to work with. Atomic kind of surprised me. Uh, DMAC, throw that up there. I don't, it doesn't matter to me which one we start with, Brownstown or Atomic. We'll start with Brownstown because they race first this weekend. This is all Lucas Oil races there. How about this, Derek? No repeat winners in the last eight Lucas Oil late model features. Only driver to sweep the season have been Bloomquist and Pearson. Highest car count for the series there, 72. And the track record, Cody Mahoney. I was there that day. He actually set the he track just record. Back. He was on our throwback Thursday last That's week. That's right. And uh, winningest drivers ever, no surprise, Bloomquist. And Bloomquist has some crazy thing where he won like his 300th, 500th, and 600th wins were all at Brownstown. Uh, but Bloomquist, O'Neill, Pearson, Owens, JD, and McCready, your top guys, and then several guys, including Terry Casey, won there. I, I was actually the night before I asked my wife to marry me. Terry Casey won that uh, Lucas Oil race there. Uh, anything stand out to you, Derek, this Brownstown historical Lucas Oil stuff? I'm pretty sure. I don't know when Lucas Oil started covering the Jackson 100. You would probably know more than me. Sanctioning it, yeah. Or sanction yeah. it, but I would say around 2010 and 2011. So I'd say five of the six, four of the six of Scott Bloomquist's have been the Jackson 100 because he's won five since 2010. Bloomquist on the map, don't get me wrong, but him going to Brownstown was a big deal back in the day, and that really kind of got his name out there. So some interesting statistics there. Like I said, no repeat winners in the last eight Lucas Oil features there, I thought, was one that kind of caught my attention. Uh, attention the most and you see those one victory guys like terry english and mike jewel those are early lucas days uh back there so atomic surprised me derek not near as many races there as i thought only seven in the history of the series it's the fifth straight season the buckeye spring 50 will not be run on its original date derek five in a row as they move from friday to sunday of course bloomquist won that 50 grand there back in 16 and the only season with more than one lucas oil race was 2016 as well uh, and that very famous clip of Jimmy Owens qualifying at Atomic has like I don't even know how many views on YouTube 12.748 there back in 2015 Derek not as much Atomic history as I, I, I might have guessed decent for a track that has a lot of history not much Lucas Oil history but that fifth straight season of uh not having it on the original date because <laughs> Coco last year and just always you know not as gr Rain, not great weather yeah. coming up so that's that's pretty funny 62 and sunny there for Brad McCown on Sunday though so that's that'll be decent. pretty cool uh we're gonna keep with the tradition of having kevin kovac on the air kevin. live for the kevin kovac memorial notes section kovac i get to go with one note first is that fair 
Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No problem. <laughs> uh, my note is this. Uh, the points fund for Iron Man, Chris Tilley's deal, his most lucrative 12 races, he announced a $10,000 points fund, including $5,000 for the winner. Uh, to me, leads into what I talked about with the wood tick earlier, just more and more and more money in short track racing. Uh, it's just richer than ever, it seems like. It, as, as one of my good buddies told me, damn it, it's a good time to be a dirt late model driver. I know you haven't. Your job title is not shooting video, but we're looking for somebody on July 4th for Beckley. That's $20,000 a yes, win. So, Michael, uh, we might need you just in case. All it's right. a busy weekend. Perfect segue into the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes. Kevin, go ahead. What do you got for us this week? Uh, I, I'm going to start off with uh, one driver who was on the pre-entry list for Bristol this weekend. Uh, the Bristol Dirt Nationals was Chris Simpson from out in Iowa. He was planning to head out and run Bristol. But uh, he had a little problem. He had a Durham motor come, bring, you know, fresh Durham motor sent off to him to, that he was planning to put in his car to go down to Bristol and run. When he gets it, it was damaged because the shipping container it was in, uh, it had been flipped over, he said, on its, on its uh, way over to him and had some, got shook up a little bit. So he couldn't, he couldn't race it. Uh, he had to send it back to get it looked at and make sure everything's right. Uh, so that, that kind of destroyed his plans. He's still planning to race this weekend. Uh, with another motor in his car, but go to Brownstown instead. He wanted that uh, the freshest thing he had to go Bristol. So that kind of messed him up. You don't usually hear about that. When you, I guess that's, that's, that's the reason why you, you want to come get your motor. <laughs> You'll go pick it up yourself. Uh, make sure those, those uh, shipping company could mess things up for you. Uh, but another thing, uh, it's, a, it's actually going to be my column topic this week. That'll be up on the website shortly. Uh, by probably by time you're even uh, it should be up there by time you're even watching this. Uh, it's Ashton Winger is my topic this week, and and if you listen, if you watch that uh, Tom Cam's race from Boot Hill on Saturday after when he finished second in it, he mentioned that he's going to plan to run the Comp Cam series this year. He had to back off of running uh, the World of Outlaws for the second straight year after his Rookie of the Year last year uh, because he just had a horrible speed week. I mean, he hurt two motors and gotten in some wrecks and, and just nothing went right for him. He was way behind, didn't even run the last race at, at Volusia. Uh, so he was way behind in the points. And he'd also had lost Billy Franklin as his corner right before the uh, Volusia season started in speed at speed weeks in January. Uh, so he has to just kind of regroup. He's going to go and run the uh, camp, camp, camp series and, and, and flow racing, uh, the flow racing night in America. Uh, tour also trying to get himself back on track a little more modest series running rather than just committing to that big series with the world of outlaws which uh, uh, it should help him out here I mean he already got a second place finish on Saturday so I think he's going to fit himself get him back up on track and in in the same wavelength here as uh, as Ashton Winger one of the reasons another reason why he's running the uh Top Cam Series is his affiliation with Mike Collins. I mean, some people will recognize that name. He's a, a native of Iowa, but I don't think a lot of people realize that Mike Collins now lives in New Orleans. He's been living oh, in wow. New Orleans. I didn't know that. Since, uh, <laughs> 2015. I didn't know it either, really, and until uh, Ashton told me because he said Collins wants to go run the uh, Comp Cam Series himself. Collins has been friends with Winger's uh, parents for you know nearly 20 years. Uh, Ashton Winger's father, Gary, with GW Performance, there he actually kept uh, Mike Collins's car at his shop in Georgia back in 2010 when Collins ran out there and, and, and did his first. Uh, uh, when he started, he moved down there for to New Orleans back in 2006 for the first time with his company, that's an excavation company, and construction and stuff. So uh, Collins is going to be out there racing with uh, with with Winger, and it's possible that maybe he could felt into something more because we, because Collins now actually is uh, getting himself going and wants to race more. He only raced four times last year, not until September for the first time. He wants he's built up his team. He got a new hauler, got new, another car coming. Going to build a new shop in, in New Orleans, uh, near New Orleans, and he's going racing big time. Uh, you know, a lot more than he has in nearly a decade. Kevin, those are excellent notes, as always. Do you have more? I hope so. I just want, like to bring you some. I got one more, actually, from, uh, from Andy, uh, our, our, our Andy Savory. He brought a good one to the table, as usual. I mean, he's, he's a stat man of stat men. And, uh, and he brought a stat to the table that's uh, it's about Tennessee racing. You know, you could look at this with, um, 
in, in terms of uh, the, the racing that's coming up here at Bristol to a $50,000 win race this weekend. And in a few weeks, the outlaws are going to be back running for, uh, for 10,000 and 25,000 to win on a weekend. And he, as, as Andy said, there hasn't been a race that paid $25,000 or more in Tennessee since August of 2005 when wow. uh, Rick Eckert won the $30,000 scorcher uh, at Volunteer Speedway. And, and here we are, we're going to have two of $25,000 or more in, in just a few weeks. So uh, that's a, for, for a big place like uh, Tennessee, a big dirt late model hotbed, you could say uh, that's a pretty neat uh, stat, I think, uh, that's going to have such big races again. And I think that, that state needs something like that. You are a teacher, Derek. A, B, C, D, F, rate Kevin's notes. We're going to rate him every week. I'm going to give him a solid <laughs> A this week for the Yeah, notes. he's got some uh, off the – Wall, not main storyline notes, and that's why I like the Kovac. He has his own uh, press box, pretty much uh, at Eldora, so he's obviously <laughs> a big guy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, a just a regular A. Okay, two no A's. A minus, two uh, A's. No A plus. He didn't bring any Weaver notes, so he's not getting the full <laughs> thing. But uh, I don't know. Just one quick, really quick thing here. Church fans like uh, kind of saying that they're gonna miss him. So I, hopefully, he's a pretty good, uh, pretty good addition to the Lions. What I kind of like, I, I never really paid attention to, you know, what he's like, you know, talking wise, you know, like interviews and stuff. But I saw he seems like a pretty cool dude. And in, in the in some of his interviews in the locker room, they show like a little compilation of him. And he said some uh, he's, he's pretty funny. So, so I think I think he could be a good locker room presence. Well, don't but of course, I did. I, I did see that he's never fumbled in his career. Uh, in his, his entire never fumbled in his NFL first career. play against the Packers. So I, I expect fumbled, that right? to happen in his first race, the first game. You <laughs> watch. Well, don't you worry, Kevin, because we've got Andy Dalton. Oh, for God's sake! I, can't, I know. I, can't I mean, even. might get rid of, might have to get rid of Fuller now because of that, right? <sighs> I don't even want to talk about it. Kevin, thank you. We love you. We appreciate it again. All right, we'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, We've been talking about this uh, for obviously a while now, but it's finally here next week. Castrol's Flow Racing Night in America. Night number one, $20,000 to win. Let's take a look first at the full schedule. A reminder starts next Thursday night. 411 Motor Speedway, $20,000 to win. And then a week later, uh, just six days later, at Tri-City Speedway here in Illinois. Let's hope the weather's good. It's uh, supposed to turn around and be pretty warm here in Illinois next week. So that's awesome. That's the full schedule. It all starts next week. Keep in mind, guys that have already said they're coming to the first one, Dale McDowell, Brandon Overton, Chris Madden, Gordy Gundaker, Earl Pearson Jr., Devin Moran, Jonathan Davenport, Corey Hedgecock, Ashton Winger. That is not too shabby of a list. I'm excited to get this going next week. We'll have a preview on Tuesday. All leading up to the opener, DMAC at 411, every lap live Thursday, March 25th, weeknight. Call in sick for the kids the next day. Thursday, March 25th. 20,000 to win, Derek. We're finally there. And we're not going up against the NCAA tournament. It's just all late model or flow racing night in America, so there's no excuses. I, I love that so much. The tournament bumped to the Friday, Saturday. They did it for us, right? They did it for us. They moved. They're afraid of Castrol Flow Racing's night in America. Uh, that's it for this week's video cast. We'll be back next week, Tuesday, with a preview. I have Ronnie Johnson coming up on the Rigsby Report. That will hit the air Monday. If I can get a hold of him, RJ's been hard to track down. The interview's prepped. I just got to get a hold of him. And don't forget, Derek's got his podcast with Tyler Herb. And Timothy Culp, who I think was in the wrong, Derek, uh, when it comes to that. Just check one. out the interview and you'll see. I mean, it was a great one. <laughs> for DSWA, for Dustin McCarty, thank you for pulling the switches all week. For everybody, Todd Turner at Dirt on Dirt. We'll see you back here next week.